we'll get to episode 241 in just a moment. But before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of this podcast. Whenever you need to make a purchase at Amazon.com, please use my affiliate link by going to IcantSeeYou.com slash Amazon. That'll take you right to the Amazon.com homepage. Shop as you normally do. Check out as you normally do. It doesn't cost you anything more. And I do earn a small commission on qualifying purchases. Again, that's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 241 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials, including threads. I am glad that you are here for this episode. I really do appreciate it. We're going to lead off talking about home maintenance again. And there were a couple of things. I told you in the last episode that when we had our dryer, I'm sorry, when we had our heater installed, they put a big dent in the top of the dryer. And for that, I would not leave a review because I didn't want to leave that out. And I don't want to leave a review because they were otherwise very professional, very clean. And I don't want to tell the whole story to give them a bad mark because they did do a good job. In fact, during the week, Jacob noticed daylight coming through where they had to drill through the house to do both an outbound pipe and an inbound pipe for air. An exhaust, I guess, is one and uh, an air intake for the other instead of you. They do that now. The new units do that instead of using the chimney. And Jacob noticed daylight. Liz came down and also noticed it. So I called to schedule an appointment. And before they came out, they were coming out the next day. Before they came out, Liz checked it from the outside and noticed that it was clear caulk. <laughs> so there was no need for them to come out. So when I called to cancel, they said, oh, are you sure? It seems like it's something serious. I said, no. I said, they saw daylight from the inside and assumed that it wasn't caulked or anything. And of course, I didn't see any of it. So it didn't matter to me other than the fact that, again, I was nervous that here is something that we noticed that they didn't do, and what else are we not noticing that they <laughs> that they may have done or didn't do? And I was happy that we missed that, and that was on us. And fortunately, we were we were happy with that. Staying in the home improvement products, I've probably talked about it. In fact, I think I did an episode called "Bailing Out Studio B." We've had water come in since we moved in into our kitchen. Our kitchen is on the first floor. This house has two, two stories. The water is coming in above the windows on the second floor. It's not at the roof. It's not a roof issue. It seems to be a siding issue. And we've tried to caulk it. We've had somebody come over a couple of times. And it just hasn't held. The water continues to come in. And the problem is when we caulk one space... Water always finds a way. Water will always find a way in. And when the water comes in, it then, if it's a lot, will drip down through the kitchen floor into Studio B, into the roof. Now, when I was when I did the episode bailing out Studio B, that was another issue in tandem with the water coming through wherever there is a siding issue. So we got an estimate on siding, and I am just shocked at how expensive <laughs> how expensive that is. And we also needed a new basement door. The basement door that we have is, we were told the other day, that it is just an actual inside door. It's not even a typical front door that you would see. It's not steel or fiberglass. It's wood, and it's rotted. And we knew that we had some rot on there because the weather stripping just fell off probably about six or eight months ago. And we can't get anybody to come out. So this company that gave us the estimate on siding also gave us an estimate for a new door with a new door frame that's steel and will be cut down and it won't void the warranty or anything. Now, 
it's not one of those doors that you would go over to Home Depot to get for $500 to $1,000. And again, it's not a garage door. Again, it's just a door. Not $500 to 1000 like we saw at Home Depot. I was shocked. And when I told my friend Alex how much it was, $5,000, he said, I didn't think you had a garage. I said, it's not for a garage door. It is just amazing how expensive it is. And again, you add that on with deciding and you're pushing 30 grand. And the gentleman that came out, his name was David. Uh, he was very nice. And I, I guess he should be because he's selling something that's worth $30,000. <laughs> and mind you, we only have about 800 square feet of siding. And it's not the cheapo siding. I'm, I'm hoping that once we do this, besides stopping the water from coming in, I'm hoping that it also will make the house a little bit cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter because it's better insulated than what we have now. What we have now is very cheap, flimsy stuff. We didn't put it, obviously, we didn't put it on there. It's been there. And we went back and forth, Liz and I, whether we should do it or not, because we don't know how much longer we're going to be here. Not that we're going to drop dead soon, but meaning be in this house. And I mean, it might be that we drop that, or at least one of us, but we're talking about living here in Pennsylvania in this house. We don't know. And I was hoping it would be not quite as long. And it looked like we were heading out when Liz gave up the job at Walden a couple of years ago after the school year that ended in uh, June of 21. Sorry, June of 22. She was out for about six months into the next school year. <laughs> and then it's back and now is back more than ever. So I'm a little concerned about that, but that's a story for another day. And I'm concerned about that because that means all week long during the day, it's me and you know who, the golden menace, which is fine, except I have to stay with the golden menace and he doesn't usually like to come down to Studio B. So it kind of rearranges my day. It's nice when Liz is home during the summer because I can come down here during the day because she's with him. He's just not ready to be to be on his own in the house. And somebody asked us, oh, does he still sleep in a crate? And I said, yes, he sleeps. At, we, who knows what he would get into and eat? And I was happy, and I'll talk about this more, not, not the result of this, but I'll talk about more of what we did after our Keystone chapter meeting uh, yesterday. I'm recording this on Monday morning at about 12.30 a.m., one of the Keystone members, her name is Becca. She has a guide dog who I know I've talked about before because I love this dog. <laughs> and she takes him off the harness every so often just so I can, <laughs> can pet it and, you know, give her belly rubs or scratch her head or whatever. And everybody in the room, when she was off, everybody said, oh, is she off harness? Can I pet her? And they all like to, it's just one of those things. When a dog, when a guide dog is on the harness, don't touch the dog. Don't give the dog anything. Well, the other day when we were out and about, there was about eight of us, Puff included, along with Becca, of course, because she was leading Becca. But Puff ate something where we were, and Becca didn't know what it was. And that's I have that same fear, and Liz has that same fear and tries to stop Ziggy when, when Liz and Ziggy are out for a walk, especially on trash day when stuff spills over. Who knows what he eats? She pries all sorts of things out of his mouth. But Becca noticed it too late to get that out of Puff's mouth. Sometimes Liz notices it too late, too. Again, I'm comparing Puff and Ziggy, and <laughs> they are both good dogs. Uh, as I said to Puff the other day, you're no golden menace. Puff is very smart. Left, right, find the trash can, find the door. I don't even know my left and my right. But back to the, back to the siding story. So... This guy is here, and he's talking about things, and he starts showing us samples of what inferior stuff is as far as siding goes and the stuff that we would be getting if we went with them, which we eventually did. The cool thing was he had samples. It wasn't just looking at pictures because I, I wasn't going to be able to tell what that was. But he had these little samples so I could feel, oh, this is crappy. This is good. This is what we're going to get. This is probably what we have or some equivalent of what we have. 
And again, I don't know how long the siding has been up. So we went through all that. We went through all the different how they tuck in the windows and how they fold the aluminum around the windows and under the eaves and at the roof line and the gutters. And we could feel the different materials that the gutters are made out of and so forth and so on. And we're going through all of that. And it was very cool that we were able to do that, that he was able to hand us a piece. Oh, this is the steel gauge of the door. This is what a typical steel door has. And you could feel the difference. I don't remember what the, the numbers were, but it was substantially thicker with the door that we're getting. I don't know if it was worth $4,000 more than the Home Depot one. And the other issue has been, they're going to come and install it. Even if we bought the door at Home Depot, who's to say we could even find someone to install it that would even know what they were doing? I feel pretty confident in this company, and we'll see, we'll see how it works out. But it all came down to Liz is filling out the paperwork, which, by the way, when we had to agree to something, they sent an email, not accessible. Once you clicked on the link on the email, wasn't accessible. Liz had to pull it up on her. I don't remember if she used her phone or her iPad to go through and read what the thing was and then sign it. Couldn't do it on my phone. Story of every blind person's life, not accessible or not accessible enough to just be normal like everybody else and sign your life away and be on the hook for (laughs) thousands of dollars. So as Liz and David are going through, and again, not me, David, David, the guy who was here from the contractor or from the, whatever you want to call the company. It's a pretty big company, so I hesitate to call them a contractor. They're going through things and out of David's mouth, again, not this David, the blind, bald David, out of the David that had more hair than me, he says, and you've probably already guessed it because it's the title of this episode, I'm a blind old man. Now, he was older than me by a year or two, but he was certainly not blinder than me. I would love to be blind like that guy because if I were blind like that guy, I could drive, I could see with some glasses, maybe some... Uh, what does Liz call them, cheaters or bifocals, whatever. It would be outstanding to be blind like that guy. I want to be blind like that guy. Maybe I should have titled the episode that. And he realized the minute that those words came out of his mouth (laughs) that he shouldn't have said those words. I didn't care. And I know if I wasn't smiling when I heard those words, and I didn't think fast enough to say that I would love to be as blind as you, because that should have been my response. And that probably would have made him feel a little bit better, or maybe it wouldn't have, I don't know. But he felt bad (laughs) the minute he finished saying those words. And sometimes people say things, I have a terrible tendency when someone says deaf, I say, what? And I have learned to stop it when I am out in public. But there was an email today about the deafblind division. I don't remember if it was the Pennsylvania deafblind or national deafblind. I automatically said what? And... In, maybe I didn't say it out loud because I was listening on my computer. I don't, I don't remember. But I, if I didn't say it, I thought it. And that's also bad. But there are things that when someone who is not blind or remotely blind, he might, that guy was visually impaired. He wore glasses. But his glasses were not to the point where he couldn't drive at a certain time or he couldn't do other things. And I don't know if he played any kind of sports or did any of that. All stuff that I really can't do, but would love to. Would I love to play pickleball? That looks like so much fun to me. I would love to, t- to play pickleball. It just looks like a lot of fun. A little court, smashing a ball all over the place. I do that in the living room with Ziggy. It's a tennis ball, though, and I usually don't hit it with my hand. I usually throw it against the wall and hope it doesn't hit me in the eye. One day it will, but it hasn't yet, thank God. So the response that I'm going to use in the future is, I want to be blind like you. 
because that kind of blindness I would I could live with with no issues. And listen, I hear from folks within the blind community that say they wish they could see as well as me. And I don't know if it's the way that I wander around on my own and investigate things. I have a terrible time seeing. As you know, I have a whole podcast about it. But there's things that I do that I think make make people who are blinder than me think that I have more vision than I have. I had one person ask me if I used voiceover on my phone. I couldn't use my phone without voiceover. I can't see anything on there. If there is a picture that I shut off voiceover and I pinch in and can zoom in, because it's a different way to zoom in when you got voiceover on. And let me tell you, it is not easy to use Zoom on your phone, on your iPhone, when you got voiceover on. You got to rotate the dial. And I know if you don't use voiceover, you have no idea what I'm talking about with the dial. It is a pain in the butt. But if I turn voiceover off and use, if I want to zoom in to see, let's say, what's on somebody's shirt or try and see what a sign says. And again, the great thing now with the phone, when you have voiceover on, it will sometimes read signs and numbers. And and I use it all the time. And I'll talk more about that in a couple of minutes with the phone. The phone is a great tool. But it's just... Everybody is different, and every somebody might say, I'm a blind, old man, woman, person, whatever, to somebody who's not me, and they may freak out. He apologized, and again, it was, it was not a big deal to me. I just wish that I thought of the line, I wish I were as blind as you. Liz and I laughed about it after he left. We, did, <laughs> we didn't bring it up again, but... I just thought, I said to Liz after he left, I said, there's the t- episode title for my next podcast. I'm a blind old man because I am fairly old. Again, I wasn't old, as old as that David, but I certainly was much more blind than that David because I can't get in a car and drive. I, I don't know how far I could drive without hitting someone or something. He could. He was driving to his next appointment and he drove here. So again, I ask if you're shopping at Amazon.com, Think of all those bills I have coming in (laughs) for the heater and soon the siding, which won't be done until sometime in September. They haven't started. They'll start it a couple days, they said. And I know there's going to (laughs) be, just like with the HVAC, I know there's going to be some more. It's going to be more than a couple days. A surprise nor'easter, hurricane, whatever. I know that's coming. So I'll let you know when the siding's coming. And if you're in the Philadelphia area, you'll know to batten down the hatches and be prepared for something crazy to happen. So (laughs) because of all those bills, please, when you got to shop at Amazon, it doesn't cost anything more. I can't see you.com slash Amazon. People have asked me, why don't you use Patreon or buy me a coffee? I don't want to just get money for nothing. If you go to Amazon and make a purchase through my link, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't hurt you at all. And it does, again, give me a couple of bucks here and there, depending on what you buy. Somebody bought an air conditioner. It was three or $400. I don't remember what the rate was, but it was a good chunk of change. 10 bucks, 12 bucks, whatever it is. So I thank you. If you bought that air conditioner a month or two ago, thank you. I appreciate that. And there's been a whole bunch of other sales Most of them are small, but whatever it is, is great, and it's greatly appreciated. We once sold some, somebody went through one of my links a few years ago and bought all sorts of salon equipment, and I picked up well over 200 bucks for what it was. And again, I'm not inventorying anything. It's not my equipment. I'm just sending the person from a website to the sale. And I don't know if they used com slash Amazon or if they clicked on one of my links on all the different sites I have. I don't know. But it's it's amazing what can happen with that. And that's what I'm trying to build. And I've got some other sites that I've worked on and have links to different specific items. And, and I've thought about doing items, specific items, where I talk about it and give it a review if it's something that we've bought. 
But again, because of all those bills, please, when you got to shop at Amazon, I can't see you.com slash Amazon. I really would appreciate it. The main thing I wanted to talk about today is the Keystone Chapter meeting that we had over the weekend. The second Saturday of every month is our Keystone Chapter NFB of Pennsylvania meeting. And if you're not familiar, the NFB is made up of three components. There's the national level, the state level, and then the chapter level. And the Keystone Chapter is one of, I don't know, around eight or nine chapters within the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. So the second Saturday of the month, the Keystone Chapter meets. Some other chapters meet other times of the month. Some also meet the second Saturday. I, I don't know the whole schedule, but, <laughs> but if you really want to know, you can go to nfbofpa.org slash calendar, and you can see our whole list. So there were two issues with our meeting on Saturday. First was the travel issue. Now, it wasn't really an issue to me. It was to Liz because she ended up taking me in. And she took me in because the Penn Medicine Station is closed because they're doing track work from right around Penn Medicine Station and further, I guess it's south, towards Swarthmore. Not far south, but maybe a mile or two. I'm not sure. For the day that I went to New York a few weeks ago, when I went on that Friday, I believe it was the 28th of July, the Media Wawa line was completely closed because they were doing all sorts of track work all along. I'm not sure if they ran shuttle buses. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I don't know if they did. But when they run the shuttle buses instead of the train, of course, it takes exponentially longer to get from Swarthmore into Center City, Philadelphia. And there's just better options. There's another line that I could take. However, On the Wilmington-Newark line that goes through eastern Delaware County, and I would pick it up at the Ridley Park station, it only runs every two hours each way on Saturdays, and I guess Sundays too. I've never needed to take it on a Sunday, so I don't know. So to get into Philadelphia for our 1015 meeting, I would have had to have left it, I don't know, it's 7.30-ish from the Ridley Park station, getting me in a little bit after 8 a.m. So what am I to do for for those two hours? And that affects one of our other members who comes from Wilmington. She ends up taking Amtrak from Wilmington to Philadelphia and then usually backtracks on an Acepta train from 30th Street Station to Penn Medicine. Penn Medicine is the station just before 30th Street. 30th Street is the beginning of Center City, and it goes through to... Jefferson Station, which is pretty much the end of Center City, and then the train heads further north to Temple University and so forth. So she usually does that. She usually takes Amtrak, but again, they're not running the train from 30th Street to Penn Medicine, even going that way. So they could take a shuttle bus, which usually only runs every half hour, Or they could walk, and it's not a far walk, it's just not an easy walk. And it's even more difficult when you can't see where you're going. Harriet was going to meet Kat, is her name, who comes from Wilmington, at 30th Street, unless she was going to be late. The last I talked to Harriet on Saturday on my way in, everything looked good, the train was going to arrive on time, and so forth and so on, which was, I want to say, 20 after 9 or something like that. Well in time for our meeting. So Harriet and I decided I would go right to Penn Medicine, sorry, right to the Penn Museum, and we'd actually picked up Esther, who lives the next town over, and she was riding in with us. So we're going to go there, we'll set up the room, put the tables together, and then I could help anybody that gets to the museum who needs help finding their way to the room. And there's a few folks that, there's, there's one or two galleries in the Penn Museum that are not a straight shoot from when you enter it until when you turn out of it. There's things that jut out and all sorts of stuff. In fact, there's a sign there, and I know I've talked about it. There's a very skinny sign holder that has maybe an 8 by 10 sign at the top that looks like it would be a lectern or something that you would put a speech on or when you accept an Academy Award or whatever. But I... Because it's so skinny, my cane usually doesn't hit it if I'm not 
exactly perfect with sweeping or whatever, but I've run into it several times. I've knocked it over once or twice. So it's just, it's just difficult. Well, when I got to the museum, I got a call from one of the other members who was at the front of the museum and the gate was still down because the museum doesn't open until 10. I told him what to do. There's a fountain in front. I told him to walk back past the fountain and walk back out to South Street. And the museum is right across the street from, right across South Street from Franklin Field, which is, I want to say, probably 100 years old, if not older. And I told him, when you get back to the sidewalk at South Street, hang a right. If, you're, if South Street is in front of you, hang a right. So you're going to head east towards the Schuylkill River. And I will meet you. So I went out the entrance that I came in, which is not technically the rear entrance. It's a side entrance. It's near a parking garage where if you were driving into the museum, you would park in this garage. Or if you're taking public transport, like we usually do, you come into that entrance. And right from that entrance, our meeting room is very close. And it's very helpful and we're very grateful that the Penn Museum allows us to meet there. They don't charge us anything for the meeting room. It is awesome. And again, I love going to the museum anyway. Not that I walk through the museum for fun. It's usually when I'm picking somebody up at the front and helping them get back to our room or we go upstairs because people need <laughs> people need coffee. I mean, our meetings are not boring at all, believe me. And Saturday's meeting was just there was travel chaos, there was technological chaos. It was just crazy. As we're sitting in our meeting room, Harriet reaches back out and says, hey, we're still not on our way yet. Kat just got off the train, and then they had to walk over. So I ended up logging on to Zoom on my phone when I realized it was around quarter after 10, and I started the meeting talking about, and I was so unprepared, I was talking about things that I knew Harriet was probably going to touch on, 2024 dues, the T-shirts that we're going to do, and the T-shirts are going to be awesome. They're a red T-shirt with our Keystone Chapter logo on the front and the words live the life you want on our back. We did the same exact T-shirts a couple of years ago in a green, and it's very cool when we have an event when we all wear those colors because most folks, even if they can't see enough to read, they still have an, they may still have enough vision to tell a color and... It's very helpful, especially when we're doing something out and about and you have a flashy color on like the green that we used. It's an Irish green and the red is just a bright red, which it's just awesome. I can't wait to get these shirts. So we're, we're doing the orders over the next month or two and then we'll submit the order. We're using mainline sportswear again to get these shirts. We had wanted to use print on demand the last time. I learned my lesson when Somebody, they didn't have certain sizes of things, and we just figured, let's just order a bunch instead of doing one at a time, and we were going to do that. So we have a month or so to get orders in for everybody that wants them, and this time, unlike last time, this time we're going to do $20 for small to extra large, and then 2X, 3X, and 4X are $25, because there is a not substantial price increase, but a couple bucks, a couple bucks warranting charging the more money. In fact, I think the 4X is $3 and change higher than the, the main price level of the small to extra large. So I talked about that. I talked about Believe You Can. As we moved on, we do a couple of things during these meetings. One of the things is we play the secretary's notes from the previous meeting, just like all other board meetings and things like that. So same type of thing. Well, again, because we can't read easily and nobody has, nobody brings their Braille display to read it out, we usually, the easiest thing to do is just have JAWS if you're using a Windows computer or voiceover if you're using a Mac or your iPhone or iPad, just have that read it out. We're all used to it, so it's easy. Except for when the person who has that report isn't in the room, is in Maine. He sent an audio version of that, and we couldn't get, we couldn't get it to work. We couldn't get it to play. We thought, okay, well, we can't get that to play. 
let's do the presidential release. The presidential release is put out on a monthly basis by the president, the national president of the NFB. His name is Mark Riccobono. And he talks about what's going on within the organization on a national level. Talks about folks who have had babies over that time span and people who have died during that time span. He talked about the convention and the momentum from it. He talked about testifying on Capitol Hill, about web accessibility, and he talks about another guy that went to the White House for another presentation. Just a lot of interesting stuff, and it usually goes on for 15 or 20 minutes. We speed it up a little bit to, <laughs> to cut down on the time. We tried to email that to NFB of Pennsylvania president, Lynn Heights, who was on the call because she's at a computer. None of us had a computer and you can't, I shouldn't say you can't. We, don't, we didn't know how to share our screen to play these different reports on our phones. And it's hard, to, <laughs> it's hard to listen to voiceover on your phone when people are talking and trying to do other things within the meeting so we thought it better. Let's just get somebody else who can try and get them playing. It was just a nightmare to get those playing. Finally, Harriet and Kat got there. Harriet gets her computer logged on, and that was an issue to get logged on to the internet with the Wi-Fi. Once she was on the Wi-Fi, she got onto Zoom and finally was able to play the secretary's report. Lynn then played the presidential report, and then... <laughs> And then after the presidential report, there was some sort of glitch. I don't know if it was when Harriet tried to stop sharing her screen from the secretary's report or whatever, kicked everybody off. Everybody, And we didn't even know it. Harriet had gone on doing other parts of the meeting. And I, I'm, I'm starting to get texts from Lynn and from Denise Brown, who is the president of Greater Philly Chapter, She's like, nobody's on Zoom now. Everybody got kicked off. <laughs> so we had to go back and fix that and then kind of start over. At the height, we probably had around 20 to 25 people on Zoom, plus the 10 or 15 people who were in the room. When we came back on, I think there were six or eight. Because some people just didn't come back. It was just a comedy of technological errors that just kind of doomed the meeting. So we did that. Once we got logged back on and everything, I've talked about it, and I actually had done a little piece to try and sell some raffle tickets at the begin beginning of a few episodes uh, during the month of July, dinner for a week. We did this promotion. It was 70, uh, I'm sorry, $275 worth of restaurant gift cards, and they were national change, Subway, Chipotle, Outback, uh, a couple others. For, we had $25 gift cards. We had $75 from Red Robin and $75 from Chili's. So it was $275 total. And so we had to do the drawing. Everybody turned in their stubs. And then we thought, and it wasn't then that we thought it, but I, I may have mentioned this a few episodes ago. In Houston, they did a drawing for a free trip to next year's national convention in Orlando. The person that won is the spouse of an NFB national board member. And at the table I was at, one person yelled fraud or fixed. I thought it because, wow, that's convenient. Somebody from there. So I didn't want to draw it because I had sold some tickets. Not many, seven. I didn't buy any tickets because if I won... I would have felt guilted into having to give them away or put them into something else. I will never participate in something where something can be won because no one will ever think it's legitimate. And I talked to Harriet during the presidential release. I said, who should we have draw for the dinner for a week raffle? And we went back and forth, and I said, you know, I don't think Becca sold any tickets, and I, I'm pretty sure she didn't buy any, but let me verify that. If she didn't sell or buy them, let's have her pick the winner. And again, we probably sold around 300 to 350 tickets. And the donations, it was awesome. We had just short of 1000 bucks. Awesome. Again, I only sold seven. I was the weakest link there. That's not my thing, though. And 
Harriet knows it. I will do just about anything else, but I don't see a lot of people during the week, and I'm just I'm just not comfortable going door to door to do something like that. My time is better spent doing the things that I am good at and know. So we have Becca draw, and we mix it up, and we had one last minute sale from a couple of folks who were there put them in, mix it up, mix it up, mix it up. Becca reaches in and pulls out the winner. And it's Lynn Heights, the president of the NFB of Pennsylvania. Some people were mad that she won. And that is why I will never buy from either the chapter or the NFB of Pennsylvania. I will never participate in one of those because no one will believe it's true. It was legitimately picked by someone who had no skin in the game And that was the answer. Some people were saying, pick again. And I said, no, that was a fair drawing. We're not picking again. She's the winner. It it angered me that people wanted to not have her win. It was just, it was just wrong. She won legitimately. I don't care who she is. She won fair and square. And it was just not right that people asked her to step aside. Not right. She has just as much right. I, I know that that solidified my never wanting to participate in that again. And believe me, there are plenty of things that I give money to both the chapter and the NFB of Pennsylvania. Look, the website alone, if I were, if I were billing someone for that website, it would be two grand. All of the other things that I do when we do mailings and whatnot. I never get reimbursed for that. I, we pay for that. Liz and I pay for that. Now, I will, <laughs> I will buy the raffle tickets for the Pennsylvania lottery drawing. The numbers, coincidentally, <laughs> for the month of October, the daytime, I'm sorry, the nighttime three-digit numbers, when they're drawn, if you have the ticket stub that has that same number, you win 50 bucks unless it's during a Saturday in which you win 100 bucks. They automatically send you the money. It's a, a good money maker for the affiliate, and it goes for, we do it twice a year. I, I love watching it. I love doing it. I love, you know, I put a little spreadsheet and mark down if I ever won. And um, they do it in April and they do it in October. One is for, scholarships for students. They do two scholarships and that person comes, those people come to the state convention and they get, it covers, they get their travel covered as well as, I want to say it's a $1,500 scholarship for each of them, but it covers that stuff. And the other one is, I think, just for a general fund. But it's fun. A lot of people like it. Some people play it every time and they have their own numbers. So they request certain numbers. I don't care what numbers I get. I usually buy five or 10 of them. They're five bucks each. And uh, Dan will remember. <laughs> I think his number finally came out that he bought like three years ago. Finally came out. Of course, it didn't matter because it wasn't during the month back in t- <laughs> 2021 or whatever that was. Uh, number 410, I think his number was. And it just came out within the last few months. <laughs> So it's a lot of fun. That I will participate in because there's no, there's only one ticket that has that number. So Dan had 410 back then. He was the only one with that number. So obviously you have triple zeros to triple nines. And basically it's capped at five times, uh, what is that, a thousand. So $5,000 is the total amount the NFB of Pennsylvania could make. And then they pay out, I forget how much they paid out last time. Uh, a couple thousand bucks, I want to say, or 1500 whatever it was, I don't remember. They made it, they, overall, they netted around 2000 or $3,000. I don't remember exactly how much, it, but it's, again, it's something, the only cost involved is printing up the tickets. And there's some minor mailing and, and things like that. So it's a, it's a good thing, and it's fun, and again, no one in the state, no one knows your number, so maybe that's why... I will continue to do that. But I will not participate in a drawing like like what we had at Keystone on Saturday or if it's a drawing like that. Now, that being said, come November during the state convention, if there is a cool item up for bids or Connie's cookies, 
especially those ginger snap ones that she made. They were so good. That I will participate in because everybody, it's a free-for-all sometimes, and it's a lot of fun, and it is the highlight <laughs> of the state convention. So it was just all sorts of chaos on Saturday. One of the things that we were going to do on Saturday after the meeting, every year during the summer usually, but during the good weather month, we try to do a get-together. It's, sometimes is it, it's at one of the members' houses, and he was unavailable to do it host it this year. So we kicked around some other ideas. And I came up with the idea of going to a place called Sierra Green. And I'll put a link in the show notes because I wanted to go there. And I may have mentioned this when I was working at the Blind Bodega. I wanted to go there and get there because I was getting into Philadelphia about a half an hour before I needed to start at the Blind Bodega. I wanted to walk over there. If I got there early enough, maybe as the sun was coming up over the city, because looking east, you look over the Schuylkill River and into the main part of Center City. And I don't know what you see because, again, I can't really see, but I would have thought I could have gotten some great images from there. But I didn't know where it was when I was working at the Blind Bodega, and I was at the Blind Bodega for only a couple of months, three months, or whatever it was. So it just never happened. But now I know where it is. It's only about two blocks from, it's less than two blocks, from 30th Street Station. There may be days while Liz is at school, if it's a nice day, I was telling my friend Alex, I may try to record a podcast episode there. What Sierra Green is, and check out the link because it is just very cool. It is a park on top of the Sierra Center parking garage. So it's on the it's 12 stories up, and there is a little restaurant takeaway restaurant type of thing, you know, burgers, chicken nuggets, chicken sandwiches, vegetarian nuggets, whatever, stuff like that. And I'll talk more about that in a second. There are, there's a slope that you can put a blanket out on and lay down. There's a small dog park up there. There is, I kind of think, and I didn't see them because I didn't wander off enough because every time, (laughs) every time I wandered off, everybody said, should we follow you? I'm like, no, I'm just looking around. And I, it just made it, I, I was afraid we were going to end up losing someone if, if I wandered off too far. But they had, when we were there, they had, some Saturdays they play movies. They had Space Jam playing when we were there. And they have it up on this, it must be like a scoreboard because, not that I could see what was going on, but I could see there was, there was stuff on it. Space Jam was on, and then I could, when the credits were rolling, I could especially see that, the white text on the black background. And the screen was around 20 feet up in the air. I don't know if it was on the building next door. I don't know exactly where it was, but it sounded great. I'm sure if you were there, you could see it real well if you, <laughs> if you had enough sight to see it. So it was very cool. And after that ran, then I think one of the Spider-Man movies then played. And it was just very cool. It was a little bit warm. And we had a little couple of sprinkles when we were there. And we could hear thunder in the distance, but never real close. We got a little worried because, again, we're up there. And the difference in the wind velocity up there than down on the ground was incredible. It was just incredible. So this was a really cool place. Some people brought their own lawn chairs. You basically go into this parking garage and you go to the 11th floor You get to the 11th floor, that's where the elevator stops. You get off, you walk up a ramp, and it's like walking into this oasis. And it was just very cool. There is a part that is covered with a tent. I'm not sure if it was a hard structure or if it was a tent, but I can imagine that it was really anchored to the roof because, like I said, the winds were pretty strong up there. There's all sorts of plantings. Supposedly, there's some water features up there. I didn't come across those. They have some bathrooms up there, very nice, no- just a great area to go. And the, uh, the I want to say it was 1.2 acres, I think I read, is the top of this building. It was just really cool. So we went up there, we had lunch. <laughs> I'll tell a funny story. So it was $3 cheeseburger day. So I got a cheeseburger, but they also had these vegetarian nuggets. I don't know why they were vegetarian and not vegan. I'm guessing, as Jane said, maybe they had egg in the batter. But they were really good. But I got, they gave me two sauces. They gave me a buffalo sauce. I guess it was just hot sauce. And they gave me barbecue sauce. Well, during one of the wind gusts, the barbecue lid blew away. And it blew to my left. Harriet was sitting to my left. And I said to her, I said, Harriet, I said, I'm sorry, my, 
my lid for the barbecue sauce just blew away. I don't know if it stuck on you somewhere or if it blew past you. I don't know where it went, but it blew past me in between us. A couple of minutes later, I am feeling around on the bench that I'm sitting on. It was like a regular picnic table. Feeling around on the bench to see if I could find it. And Harriet moves her backpack slightly, and I feel the lid. You know how backpacks have those mesh side pockets? It was in the side pocket. How it blew in there, I have no idea. And I'm sure Harriet was pretty mad at me for it blowing in there because it had some sauce on there. So she had taken that into the bathroom to try and clean that up. But I just have, neither of us could explain how it got into this pocket because it blew very quickly away. Like it was a gust of wind and I was able to catch the one that covered the buffalo sauce, not the barbecue sauce. And it just made a mess of Harriet's (laughs) mesh pocket. And I don't know how it got in there. It is just crazy, but it was really neat being up there. And then we took a couple of, uh, I took some pictures And then Lisa took a picture, which she ended up taking a video. And at first I thought it was a live image, but it wasn't live. It was an actual video. So I couldn't convert that. I sent it to Jane because I thought I was doing something wrong. And then she said, you know, it's not a live image. It's an actual video, a half a second video. So she did a screen grab of that and then sent me, sent me the image, both that and a blind selfie that I took. Actually, the picture that I'm going to that I'm going to put up on Instagram is of all the other people. I'm not going to put the one of me up in there because you'll see me in the blind selfie and you all know what I look like already. You don't need to see me. Probably don't want to see me, but over on Instagram, you'll see it. By the time this comes out, you will, (laughs) you'll be able to see that image. But that was really nice up there. I was really happy that we went there and I can't wait to go there with the rest of the folks from the chapter who come over. And again, it's easy for, The biggest issue with blind folks, and visually impaired too, don't want to single anybody out, blind folks and visually impaired folks need public transport to get places. And some of the places that we were considering didn't have great access to public transportation. This is, like I said, a block and change from 30th Street Station. 30th Street Station not only has SEPTA trains and Amtrak trains, It also has the Market Frankfurt line, which is a combination of subway and elevated, which is kind of weird. And I guess at some points, maybe it just runs along the, you know, the level of the ground. I don't know. It's either elevated or underground. I'm guessing some places it's also a regular train. That runs through from 69th Street in Upper Darby through Center City, Philadelphia, and then bends north and goes up to, I guess it's Frankfurt Terminal. I don't know what it's called, but that's the Frankfurt part of the line. And there's other trolleys that come into 30th Street Station. And again, the SEPTA portion of 30th Street Station, the regional rails are in the main Amtrak building. All the other stuff, the Market Frankfurt line and the trolleys and everything are in a different building across the street, across 30th Street, but it's right next to one another. And again, right down the street from Sierra Green. So it's very cool, not a far walk. And I can't wait till we have a an outing there because it was just very cool. And you can bring food if you want. Some people had picnic lunches with them when we were there. Or you could buy the food like we did. I, I think for my $3 cheeseburger and my vegetarian nuggets and a bottle of water, it was 15 bucks. Could it have been cheaper? Probably not because the cheeseburger was on deal, but still didn't seem terrible to me from <laughs> from some of the other things that I've bought and eaten lately uh, from restaurants. So 15 bucks, I, I thought it was worth it. I was happy with it. I'm just looking forward. So I, I can't wait till we go back there with the Keystone chapter. Two more things to talk about before we finish up. One is episode 80. That's episode 080 of White Canes Connect is now available. Lisa and I speak to Sue Brazel, who is the blind angel gardener. And this was an awesome episode. Sue's sound is great. She had a lot of great tips for how to be a blind gardener, basically, how you can help figure out what weed is a weed and what plant is not a weed so you don't pull it. 
And she talked about some things like that. She talked about how to start plants on the inside and take them outside. Even some plants that maybe don't always grow in this area that you can start inside, take outside during the summer, then bring it back in during the colder months. She suggested I could do that with a lemon tree. I don't know how I would get it. I don't know how I would get it down the three or four, I'm sorry, four or five steps, depending on which, which entrance I go through of my house. But there's no easy way to get a tree <laughs> from inside to outside in my house. So I may try something like that. I don't know. But I, she just gave a lot of great ideas. Lisa has a bonsai plant that's doing terribly. And she's got some suggestions there. So again, that's episode 080 of White Canes Connect with the Blind Angel Gardener. And I don't know why she calls herself the Blind Angel Gardener. Maybe because she's like an angel to help blind folks garden and grow their own food and grow pretty plants and and whatnot. But it was a great episode. So check that out. You can check it out. The links are in the show notes for the various places. You can pick up White Canes Connect, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen to it. Technically, I guess you could watch it on YouTube, but it's just a static image. So you can listen to it on YouTube, youtube.com slash at PA Blind Podcast. And all the episodes are there from episode, I don't know, 46 or 47. So again, that's episode 080. Finally, before we go, I have some really cool audio for Just Listen. When I was up in New York a couple of weeks ago, I had asked Jasmine, who is a PhD candidate at Cornell, if I could get some audio from our session from the study that I did on the VR glasses. And last week, at the end of last week, she sent me some audio clips and a video clip. I'm going to play the video clip here, which is from my headset, so you can hear everybody great. You can also hear the very cool thing and why I like this one most of all. You can hear the different sounds that I was hearing to tell me who was with me (laughs) and who was against me. When you hear the positive upbeat sounds, that means somebody's nodding yes or smiling. There were two different sounds, and you'll hear the difference between the two. I can't remember now which positive sound was smiling and which one (laughs) was nodding yes. And then you'll hear two negative sounds. One is for shaking your head no, and one is frowning. What you don't hear was a haptic sa- a haptic response was an eye gaze, which I only felt in the controllers. You couldn't hear it. So it's very cool. It's a silly topic. And maybe you can chime in. Maybe you're thinking, hmm, I wonder what this topic is going to be. It's a barn burner, soup or salad when you go to a restaurant. I am... <laughs> As you'll hear in the video, I am firmly in the salad camp. I would love to love soup, but I just don't. Jane has tried to convince me, as I said in that one episode, that it is, hey, Dad, it's just savory tea. Mm Mm-mm, not buying it. I just, I don't like it. And I would love to, especially when I don't feel well. I would love to be able to eat that. I think the last time I had soup, I was in Italy, and it was probably 1986. And the only thing I did was eat the tortellini that were in the soup, And that was it. So here it is, sound from the Cornell Tech VR headset study on Just Listen. Okay. So I think since we're all in here, we can get started. So this time, uh, as we discussed and decided before, we have an important topic (laughs) as a group that we need to decide on. Soup or salad in a restaurant. We're all going out to a restaurant later today for a club activity, and we need to figure this out now before it becomes a problem. <laughs> so let's start with David. David, what are your thoughts? Super salad. Salad all the way. All the way? All the way. Oh my. Okay. Hard stance to take, I guess. David is coming out Uh-oh, swinging. everybody's going with soup. <laughs> I mean, I got to say, I'm a soup fan. I, I've grown up on soup since I was little. My mom made soups all the time when I was sick and also for fun. Like, my favorite soup is, like, the creamy stuff. But I can also do the brothy ones. Like, soup is great. It has a lot of variety. Salad is just leaves. <laughs> it's, it's not – it doesn't have a lot of variety. But uh, what do you guys think? What are I, your thoughts? I fully agree. I believe soup is better as a starter. I feel like it has a lot more variety than salad, as you mentioned earlier. I also think salad is just a bunch of leaves. It seems like rabbit food to me. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Um, Rabbit food. 
it is. Soup has so much variety. Like you can make it creamy. You can make like a tomato soup that's creamy and mushroom soup. And it can also be like broth-like if you want like leaner soup. So it can be healthy. That's, yes. yeah. What about you, How Helena? dare you say that saying salad is just rabbit <laughs> food? You can also have a bunch of variety to that. Do you know you can add like salmon, chicken breast, tomatoes, all kinds of salad dressing to it? And also just clears up your stomach and prepares for your um, actual meal, you know? What? what? <laughs> Still, I mean, yeah, you can add a bunch of stuff in a salad, but that doesn't make it flavorful. I mean, your primary salad base is still lettuce, which exactly. is basically just water inside of grass. Like, that's the flavor you're getting that from That is rabbit it. food. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know, like, My daughter tried to convince me that soup is savory tea, and if I, it was savory tea, I, would, <laughs> I, I should like it because I like tea so much. But it's just, it's just no good. I just, first of all, it fills you up too much. And then when you eat, up. when you get mm-hmm. your main course, you're like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. already full from the soup. So you kind of get an idea of what went on. Now, I do have some other audio that it wasn't quite as good because it was just being recorded by some of the computers in the room. And it was like our discussion after what I remembered. And uh, honestly, I didn't remember a lot of things, especially like I mentioned in the last episode, especially when there were the three other people in the study, when it wasn't just me and Jasmine, two others, and I hear frowning and I hear everything. So I I couldn't remember what happened when, but at least I knew when that was going on. Okay. I can hear that I have one ally and two people against me, two people in the soup camp. I guess you can't call them that, especially (laughs) does the soup Nazi come from the soup camp soup camp, or does he put you in the soup camp, whatever it is, but there it is from Cornell. And that was a lot of fun going that day, as I mentioned in the last episode and then visiting Jane and having dinner with her. Awesome time in New York, and I hope I get to do more of those. And if you're interested in getting involved with the studies from Cornell, please shoot me an email and I will provide Jasmine's email address. Not all of the studies have to be done in person. This one did. But I had done a study about six or eight months ago that we did the interviews remotely, and it was an app. I was testing an app for my phone. So shoot me an email, I can see you podcast at gmail.com, and I will give you Jasmine's contact information so you can get a hold of her and say, hey, I want to be included. Sometimes they pay a little, sometimes they pay a little more. And uh, I've been reimbursed. I got a, an Amazon gift card for 50 bucks. I have decided that I probably will not fill out for the travel. There was a lot of stuff that I had to fill out. It's not accessible, which is ironic. The PDF itself was accessible and I could read it. It's just a matter of it wasn't a autofill where you could type your name and fill it out online. I would have to print it and then have her fill it out, which kind of stunk, but whatever it is, it is. So that's why if I could do it on my own, it would be done already and and that would be that. So that is episode 241 of I Can't See You. I really do appreciate listening. Remember, you can find the show notes over at the website, ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 241. That's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 241. All numbers, 241. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U.com slash 241. Please reach out to me on social media at David Benj, even on threads, D-A-V-I-D-B-E-N-J, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Twitter, or X, whichever you prefer. And it seems like traffic is really dropping from there. As well as LinkedIn. You can also reach out via email, like I just mentioned, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Also, you can give a call and leave a voicemail. Let me know what you think. If you've got a comment about a specific show, if you've got an idea for a show, I'd love to hear from you. 646-926-6350. You've got up to three minutes. Please leave your name in town if you do leave a voicemail so I know how to address you and where you are from. I would love to hear from you. Whatever you've got, gripes, hates, loves, whatever about the show, not in your own life, something having to do with blindness or 
a show idea or something that went on during a show. Again, 646-926-6350. I would love to hear from you. Please give a buzz. Again, thank you so much for listening. Be well, stay safe, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.